This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hang.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. Hello, dear wonderful friends. Thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to these visits uh, every week because it's an opportunity to share the things I've been learning. I've spent my life learning this. I'm in my late 60s at this point, and I know so many people need this information, and the only way to get it to you, frankly, is in little pieces because it's such an enormous picture. But you are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. You are infinitely loved. There's nothing to fear. All of that is common knowledge, I would think, at this point. And if it's not, it should be. We we approach this notion of reality from three or four different perspectives and never stop to think that makes no sense. There's a scientific reality, which is sort of a solid clockwork universe. There's a religious reality, the things we believe in. We think about the afterlife as people sitting on clouds. That doesn't make sense. There's one reality, one reality. And because most of that reality is not material, in fact, the best witnesses we have, the best ways to study that reality is to talk to people we used to think were dead. They're not dead. They're in a different dimension, which is in exactly the same place where we are now. And because that's true, it's possible for us to communicate with them and to learn from them what reality actually is. Um, back this week by, by popular demand, I got so many questions about her after our, her, the last time she was here, is Maria Pay. She's, she's an attorney, as am I, uh, and her journey is, as is often the case, not one she would have undertaken. Uh, Maria's two beautiful, beautiful sons were murdered by their father, uh, who was estranged from Maria. And that started her on a journey um, which had extraordinary, extraordinary results. And she's going to tell us more today about the process that she under, underwent and is on, ongoing uh, to be able to talk to her sons again, bring them back into her life. And uh, as I say, her, the results were unbelievable. Maria, welcome. I'm so glad you're back. Thank you. I'm really happy to be back. What what I'd like to do is just have you briefly tell us again for people who haven't heard the previous um, show, and it's available by podcast. You can just go to iTunes, anyone who would like to hear her first show. But tell us again briefly what happened and, and then what you did about it. Well, like you said, Roberta, my, my two sons, Sean and Kyle, who were 15 and 13 at the time, were killed by their father, and then their father killed himself. Uh, so that was like you said, the beginning of my journey. And I was really thrust into uh, an experience that I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I had no frame of reference for it. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm an attorney. I kind of grew up with, uh, you know, Western culture and the West, Western beliefs and, um, you know, strongly 
uh, strong feelings about evidence and proof. So I didn't really know how to deal with what had happened to me, but I knew intuitively that I had to figure out where my sons went and how I could still have a relationship with them. So that's what, what my journey is about and what I embarked on. So, uh, were, were you sure they were alive still? Did you, did you know that or feel that strongly? Or was this just, I sure hope so, let me see if I can find them. Uh, I would say that I, I knew intuitively. There was some kind of deep knowledge that they were somewhere. They were somewhere, and I just needed to open up my heart and my mind to figure out how to get to where they were. So what did you do? <laughs> well, um, I again, I just kind of let myself be led. I initially uh, talked to uh, a sister of a friend of mine who had me just start doing simple meditation. Um, we're talking five minutes, sitting still, sitting quietly, and just receiving whatever I could receive. And and the beauty of these meditations is she actually um, told me to sit and just listen, just listen. And I and I, I know looking back on that now, it was probably just give my mind something to do so it could get out of the way. It was focused on listening to whatever sounds were around me, and that way I could could be open to receiving um, other information from my sons. So my sons actually started kind of talking to me, but of course at the time I was a little bit skeptical about it and wasn't quite sure if I was making it up or where it was coming from. But I was so desperate, as you could imagine, that I was just, yeah, I just let myself receive whatever I could receive. You were hearing their voices? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, one of the most powerful meditations I had was sitting in my backyard um, and Sean came to me and made me promise to keep trying. Um, wow. Promise, Mom, promise me you will keep trying. You will not give up. And I, and I promise. Uh, wow. So that was my, one of my initial meditations where, where he came through. And I just kind of had to trust that it, it, would, it would happen for me. So the next step was really learning a little bit more um, about how to connect with them and this is kind of the start to my journeys to the different realms and when I talk about journeys I mean meditations, letting your um, I guess what you maybe call your higher self go into a state where you're receptive and open to uh, experiencing another dimension I guess you could call it Um, my first journey and I wanted to share this with you Roberta because um, it, it was totally out of out of my whole frame of reference of anything, and it was a journey to what we call animal realm, where spirits. Uh, that's where uh, animals are in spirit, and it was Whoa. very short. Wait. You you went to a place where animals go who are in spirit. Yes, and in and your the, mind. Yes, and the the purpose was really um, uh, my friend Marcy had said was maybe you'll find your your power animal there. The, the, the animal that helps you and guides you uh, from the spirit realm. And, of course, I'm thinking, okay, I didn't even know I had one of these. Uh, <laughs> right. I'll just I'll give it a shot. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'll explain a little bit, too, about what I was doing physically here on, on Earth realm in human form. I, I just would lay down on the carpet in, uh, in Marcy's living room, and she did a guided meditation just guiding me through um, picturing a meadow with a big tree trunk 
and going down into the tree trunk, into a tunnel, and emerging in a jungle. That's kind of a shortened version of it. So um, she would lead you through this as part of the meditation? Yes. Through doing this, okay. Yes. And my experience in animal realm, it was very short, and if you like, I can, I can read it to you so people can know what I recorded after I experienced it. Um, would you like me to go ahead and read that? Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, so I started in the meadow, walked down the path to the large tree, and climbed in, then down. I landed in a lush tropical jungle again. I saw a yellow snake that scared me. I saw a black panther and a tiger. The black panther stayed with me. We laid down on the grass. I asked him if he was my guide, and he said yes. He let me pet him for a while, and he stayed with me. Then he said he had to go. He jumped onto a high tree limb, then said again that he had to go. I said, no, wait, don't leave me, and I started to cry. I felt so alone and scared. I made my way back to the tree, climbed up and out, and walked back up the path. I was okay by then. So that was my first. Wait, no, wait, wait a minute. You you patted him. It felt as if you were, you had a body and you were touching this animal's fur. Yes. Yes. That's and it amazing. Was, yeah. And I think the most powerful thing about that experience for me was the depth of the emotion I felt. I, I was surprised that I was crying so hard and I didn't want the panther to leave. Um, so it was, a, it kind of, it blew me away when yeah. I came out of the meditation. I'm like, I'm, I'm what sure. was that? What just and happened? you had had no experience like this in the past. You hadn't been a meditator. You hadn't had this kind of thing happen in your life at all. Where you That's right. Never. felt you were in an alternative reality where you had where you could touch things. And, and uh, that is really, that's astonishing. And this, how long had you been working with Marcy when this happened? Oh, that was actually after the, the first day that I spent some time with her. And she said, we're oh. going to do a journey. And yeah. I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And the first time I went it was that we did this, nothing really happened. So, again, it's uh, just to give some perspective, um, when we went to Animal Realm the first time, um, what I recorded was I felt like I really I didn't really go anywhere. anywhere. I felt like I had a, a commentator, my mind with me, lots of thoughts flashing through my head. And I went down into the tree. I seemed to drop down into a jungle-type setting, but it wasn't clear. Fleeting shadows of a male lion, but very vague. Saw mostly black darkness, and then I just asked myself, too much self-criticism going on. So it wasn't... Um, my first experience was I just felt, well, I, I can't do this. And then she says, we're going to try it again. And that's when I had that, that other experience uh, wow. with the panther. So a lot of it is just getting your the self-critical part of your mind out of the way or the doubting part of your mind out of the way? Yes, and one of the things I learned to do was when my mind started to creep in and say, uh, are you making this up or what What are you doing here? I would just say, well, thank you very much for your, your assistance. I know I need you on this journey too, um, but thanks for your comment and let's, let's keep going. Wow, <laughs> that's good. Mind over matter, quite literally. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. yeah. So you had that experience, and so you knew that it was possible to have this kind of a journey happen at all. Yes. And then what happened? Well, then the next thing I did, um, and I think I talked about this in my last interview, was 
going to fairy realm, which is a realm a little bit higher than animal realm. And this is the way that that I learned to increase the, my vibration and energy and get my consciousness up to a higher level, was to just start first with a little lower realm, a little lower vibration, a little easier to get to, and then from there move up a little bit higher. So we had this experience with fairy realm, and it was the same type of um, uh, guided meditation where she talked to me about um, uh, going down into a tree trunk and emerging um, in a certain a certain place and just experiencing what happened, what you know, what what came to me, and just trusting that that was the experience I was supposed to have. So that was the next step, and then from there going to upper realm. Now wait a minute, fairy realm is new to me. Um, we we know people who have done a lot of afterlife research know that there is a a level of reality beyond the material where animals are and it's it's um i don't doubt at all that they're that it's closer to the level of the earth but i've never heard of fairy realm i yeah. I, I just I did, did did marcy say this was an objectively real level of reality she didn't say anything about it at all. She just said, we're going to go to fairy realm now. Oh, my And I think goodness. that was one of the, 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 the beauty of working with her. Was, there was no um, instruction in the sense of, like, you know, her telling me what her beliefs or judgments were. She just said, this is, you're going to experience this for yourself. And so I'm not going to color it with any of my commentary. Um, but she did give me some uh, fairy realm rules. She told me, when we go to fairy realm, here's some few things you you need to remember. She said, and I'll read these rules off to you because, you know, you kind of have to you be amused by it. She said, be polite and respectful. Never accept food or drink. Never <laughs> dance with the fairies. Okay, now, this is stuff, I'm an attorney. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, okay, I'll go, go, with, I'll go with the program. <laughs> she said, never have instant contact with the fairies. <laughs> and if you see an unfriendly fairy... Nod to acknowledge its presence and move on. And remember, you are in control. So all of this she told me without any prior explanation or direction. She just said, let's go. Don't and, eat their food. Um, it was a pretty amazing experience to, to go to that realm because it was very colorful. It was very vibrant. It was um, just a very otherworldly experience for me. I'd never even imagined what a fairy realm could be. So that's part of the reason I think it's real because I, Roberta, I just don't have the creativity to come up with this stuff myself, truthfully. Wow. <laughs> no, nor would I. Did they offer you food? Um, let me were see they what little I people? Said. I mean, what is a fairy anyway? Yes, I've they never were heard. just they were little people. And um, if you want, Did I could read wings? briefly what my they... experience was um, uh, during the when I was there. Um, we went down, I'm going to shortcut this a little bit. We went down a stone-like tunnel lit by small lamps. I could see light and hear music as we approached. We entered a large hall full of fairies, laughing, eating, and having fun. And we walked little short people. That's yes. what they looked like. Yes. Wow. We walked past lots of tables to the place where the king and queen sat, and there were a lot of white robes. The queen offered me a green apple, and I politely declined. I walked amongst them saying hello here and there and a fairy that looked like a very young child was following me for a while we went to an outer hallway and walked to a spiral staircase 
It took us up to a balcony area where I could look out and see the beautiful gardens and beyond. The view was spectacular. It extended out as far as the eye could see, and it was incredibly beautiful and magical. There were fairies standing in different places saying hello to me. We walked around the balcony area to another straight stairway that led back down to the hall area. We went into the hall and to the entrance of the tunnel. We went through the passageway and back up into the opening, then out to the path. Uh, pathway um, and that was kind of that was my experience I've never gone mm-hmm. back there um, but it was very uh, again just well I had hard to explain hard to explain the, I have a few more questions about the fairies we need to break just briefly but we'll be right back when we're going to learn that fairies are apparently real and what they do and what they look like this is Roberta Grimes here on the Contact Talk Radio Network. This is Seek Reality, and that's what we're trying to do today. We'll be right back. When she was eight, Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light. She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. Roberta's book is Cliff Notes to 200 Years of Abundant and Consistent Afterlife Evidence. It will show you why extinction is impossible for you, explain how you can enjoy the death process, and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all. Available on Amazon in Kindle and in print, The Fun of Dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you've ever wondered why you're here, if you wonder whether God is real, If you wonder why life isn't fair or whether there's life after death, let Roberta Grimes help you learn the joyous truth about your own reality. Roberta has trouble with believing things. She's always wanted to know. So she spent decades studying nearly 200 years of afterlife evidence. In the process, she made some wonderful discoveries about God, reality, and your own eternal nature. The truth is better than your most optimistic hopes. Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Why wonder and worry when at last it's possible to know? Welcome back to Reality Radio on the Contact Talk Radio Network. I'm Roberta Grimes. I'm visiting today with Maria Pay, who had a tragedy in her life. Her only two boys were murdered um, by their father, which is hard for me to even imagine how horrible that is. But out of it came this wonderful journey that Maria has undertaken, and of which her boys are a critical part. We're going to go on to talk about that, but since my mind is officially blown uh, at fairy, and, and Maria has reminded me during the break that, you know, she did talk about this last time, and she did, but I was very focused, frankly, on Sean and Kyle. I was not as focused on the details of how she got to meet with them again. So I'd like to know a little bit more about fairies. Fairies were little short people, Maria? 
Well, I don't know that they were people. They they were little. They were small beings. And um, as I read to you in what I recorded in my my journal after that, I didn't talk a lot of description about the fairies themselves. But they, I had a sense of them just being very jovial, very full of life and energy. There was a lot of laughter going on. Um, Did they have wings like a, like we think of? No, a no, wings? I don't recall them having wings. Um, and unfortunately, I, I mean, throughout my journey, I've just received so much information, and I tried to record it all in my journals. But I don't have a clear image of the fairies. I, I do have a very clear image of my mind of the view that was spectacular, where I could see out into. It just seemed like infinity, but it was very clear. So um, the fairies, I just have more of a sense of them. Um, and they were small, you're right, but I don't remember um, wings. One of the things that interests me about this is the fact that there are, in some cultures, legends of little people. And it may be that what those the people who had this, those experiences were experiencing was actually some interface between this level of reality and that one. Um, I now think that's that's possible, and I think that's really fascinating. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Oh, you're welcome. Well, the other thing I might mention, too, is that the, the king and queen were not small, though. They, they were in very regal white robes, but they were not tiny, as you they might like, imagine, like fairies people, to be. Sort of. um, again, not people so much as just kind of majestic beings, uh-huh. and I'm assuming they were the king and queen of fairies. <laughs> I don't I know. So. But, I, I, I guess so. That's well. That's interesting. Well, we'll we'll be, even though I'm so fascinated, I, I'd like to know what they wore and all of these other things. I think most people would rather hear about your being able to go on and and meet with your sons. Yeah. So so you had that experience, and you're still in Marcy's. Uh, you spent a week there, right? Working with yeah, the about show. a week. Yeah, about a week. Yeah. My next step was really uh, to to venture into the upper realm and. It, it, the upper realm is clearly it's not the other side. It is a higher meeting place where uh, I guess if I can get my vibration up to that level and and the boys can get slow their vibration a little bit, it, it's kind of a meeting ground for us. Right. Uh, so the upper realm, the, we went went there first to 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 visualize it, to see it, and then to create a sanctuary where I could meet the boys. I, I should just uh, give a, a little editorial comment here. One of the things that we're coming to understand is true is that going to the place where our dead actually are is a one-way trip. Um, we have an energy sort of cord that attaches the part of us that's material with the part of us that's eternal. And that cord is very elastic and very strong. Um, when we die it breaks and we cannot come back to our bodies. So that's why what Maria is talking about makes perfect sense. People who have near-death experiences are often very vivid experiences, but they're going to this sort of upper realm, intermediate area and having those experiences. So what what Maria is talking about is something that we know to be true. Her sons are going to be able to come and visit with her and she can visit with them, but it won't be in the place where they are now. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Go and ahead. I might I mention sure. Roberta too. In, in when I did uh, create the sanctuary, there was always a portal where the boys would come from, and it wasn't 
it, you, you can't envision it as something solid. It was just, you, I could tell that there was this kind of a mist area where they would, they would come from. And there were times where I would get very close to that mist and almost touch it with my hand, uh, knowing that that was the, the way to the other side and, and no, wanting very much to go there, but right. knowing that I absolutely could not cross that portal. Yeah, right, right. This is part of the joy of researching the afterlife, frankly, is how it all fits together. Um, all of the stories that people, that the death um, uh, experiencers tell us, very often they'll talk about the fact that there's a place beyond which they can't go because if they do, they won't be able to come back. And that was true in this experience as well. Well, this is exciting. All right, so you you went to it and it, was it solid? Did it seem Earth-like in this intermediate place? It no, not not truly. Uh, there were some aspects of it that certainly um, would would seem somewhat Earth-like. Um, and again, this was a guided meditation. Marcy um, basically drummed and walked me through to getting to the upper realm. And the way to get there was really starting in a meadow, uh, walking up to a cliff. And again, here I'm kind of shortening the process but getting onto a cloud and seeing yourself lifted up and reaching this place. And that helps you visually be able to, to imagine something and then also lift your energy for you. So once I got up to that, that level, I went, uh, got off onto uh, a place, which I would guess we'd call the, the upper realm. There was a garden and, um, it's the prize of surprises. I, I met my guide there. My guide is named Michael. And, really? Uh, yeah, and so that's the first time I actually met him. I think I had a sense of him before that because uh, one morning I, I was awoken to somebody calling out Michael. It was so vivid. That's what woke me up. So it kind of stayed with me. I hadn't really thought about it for, for a few weeks. And then when I saw Marcy uh, and, and did the work with her, and went up to the upper realm, Michael greeted me when I got there. I was very surprised, and I'm like, oh, that's who that is. So <laughs> he has always that's helped That's very interesting. So you had, you had no sense before of who he was, right? No. Just that no. there was some being. Exactly right. Exactly wow. right. And wow. I can tell you what he, he looks like. He's a, he's a fairly tall, uh, he presents himself as a Caucasian man. Uh, with brown hair, and he wears a brown suit. Uh, I, I really can't even make it up. I don't think I would have picked a brown suit myself, but that's how he appears to me. Um, so he helps. Does he have me. a tie too? Is it a regular business? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't have a sense of a tie, but I, I do sense the suit very clearly. How interesting. So he helped me, um, or should I say, Marcy also helped me to create this this garden. And from there, uh, there's a the entrance to the sanctuary, and that was all created, again, visually in my mind, um, going through the meditation, creating whatever uh, came to me as the right place, uh, the right environment to meet with the boys. So that was the first trip to Upper Realm. I did not meet the boys that first time. Uh, she wanted me to set it up first, and then the next meeting was, was when I finally got to see Sean and Kyle. So tell us about that. Was that the next day? Uh, yes, actually it was the next day. And they, um, 
It was very, it was very simple. Um, I can read you part of this. Um, I started in the meadow, walked to the well, and then walked to the path and got onto the cloud, got to the garden and went to the bench. Michael arrived and asked me if I was ready. I said yes. I was very excited. We walked hand in hand to the sanctuary. I looked at the picnic table, but the boys were not there yet. I turned to my right, and suddenly the boys were there. They came to me and hugged me. I took Kyle's face in my hands and kissed him. I hugged Sean, and he held me and looked down at me. I was so happy to see them. We Did, walked, were they solid? Did they feel solid to you? Uh, yes. At, at this point, they, they appeared to me as they would have looked on Earth plane. Uh, and I think, again, I'm just speculating as probably just to assure me that it really was them because yes. that's, of course, how we associate with people is what they look like physically. Right. So that's how they appeared to me. And it was a very unique experience, Roberta, just because I just never thought I would have be able to sense them the way that I did here on Earth. You know how everything is, is just solid and material and you want to yes. hug and touch and kiss your kids. That's right. what I got to do again. And I again, I was pretty blown away by that, to, to be able oh, to wow. actually have those physical sensations and to be able to smell their hair. Um, oh, it was, wow. It was pretty overwhelming. Yeah. So, um, and again, I just I just accepted the experience for whatever I was going was gonna to experience. And I have to say, of course, you know, still being a little skeptical, just kind of like, oh, I don't know about this, and still questioning the reality of it. But I kept doing it, and I kept doing it for a year, <laughs> every so few you, days. So you would go and visit with them, it, it going to go through the same process. You would have conversations with them? Oh, yeah. A lot of conversations, a lot of questions on my part about why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be like this? And they would assure me. They certainly couldn't give me any details, and they would tell me that. Um, but we had, we had conversations like that. We also had things that maybe people would think are kind of mundane about when I was thinking about buying a new car and they were helping me decide, like, <laughs> what color. Uh, so oh, there, was, there were conversations that were, were, were like conversations we would have had here on Earth, and it was so comforting to be able to do that as well. So it wasn't all about, you know, all these, like, you know, real high um, uh, spiritual discussions. Uh, a lot of it was just them as boys. Uh, so I, I was lucky. I, I get to see a lot of aspects of them. I, I that I did. They still look the way they had before when they Oh, were Roberta, they have come in so many different ways. I, you know, I wanted to share with you. You know, I know that. After I had these experiences with Marcy, it was about, I'd say, a period of 13 months where I was very regular about going to see them and experiencing them in, in the upper realm. And there was then probably about uh, August of 2012, and it had been a little over a year since they had, they had transitioned. Um, I stopped. Uh, the, the journey meditation started to taper off, and I really was focusing more on writing the book and sharing the experience with people. So I wasn't really hadn't been doing much journey meditation for it's been over a year now, and it's like I said last time it's more in my head where I have a consciousness of them and a and a conversation, but I did recently go actually do this whole process again um, twice last month, 
and I had two very different experiences. So, again, I've learned to just accept that whatever the experience I, I, I'm going to have is the one that maybe I need the most, and I, and I trust that. So when you ask me how do they look, well, in, in one of the journeys, they came to me first as older, maybe as what they would have looked at uh, like now, which, which would have been 15 and 17 year, years old. As, as opposed to 13 and 15 years old. So they looked older, but then they, in the journey meditation, they transformed into energy, and we intertwined as energy. Um, so that was that one experience. And then the next time I went again, which is about a week later, um, it was more they were younger boys. And this time we, we sat on the grass, Kyle crawled into my lap with the cat, and Sean wrapped himself around us, and we just, sat there and just were together. That's what I needed at that time. So they can appear however they want to appear. Sometimes I've asked them when they were energy, I said, can you you just show me yourself as as boys again? And they'll do that. And sometimes they're quite young and sometimes they're older. So I think the possibility... We have a caller who has a question for you. Are, Are you willing to take a question from someone who is is trying to understand and the hardest part for people, I think, is believing that, you know, I'm trying to understand how you know this really is your voice. Our minds are very creative. How do we know that what's happening is real? And knowing you, I know you have the confidence to answer that question. Is, is, may we bring him on so we can ask you? Absolutely. All right, let's do that. Hello? Hi, um, you're talking to Roberta Grimes and Maria Pay, and um, I understand you have a question for us. Yeah, um, my name is Jim. First of all, Roberta, thanks so much for your support over the last uh, couple of years on your forum. On uh, Maria, thanks for responding to my uh, emails in the last week or two. Oh, but, um, I'm happy to. Um, a question for you: When I think that I am possibly receiving guidance uh, from the other side. It's always very nebulous. It's always um, uh, difficult to be certain uh, that it is guidance. So my question to you is: um, How do you have confidence that um, when you get when you're communicating with your animal guide or um, uh, your spirit guide or your kids that it is it is them and not your mind making stuff up? Well, I think it's it's a matter of Trusting your intuition, I know that's probably a lot harder uh, done than said, but my experience has been, and, I, and I've have, I have actually asked the boys this before, how do I, am I making this up? I remember specifically asking Sean, am I making this up? And Sean said, well, yeah, Mom, I mean, it's coming from somewhere, so in some ways, yes, you are making it up, but it's you're part of this whole um, divine essence. It's all connected. And so whether you want to say that it's coming from your brain, uh, that's fine, but it's coming from somewhere. So he said, why not, why, why can it not be coming from, from here, from us? Um, I, I struggled with that. Absolutely. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons that I had to go on a specific journey. I think my boys, 
spent an entire year, 13 months, proving something to me. I, I really feel that's what it was. And um, again, for somebody that never meditated, never did journey meditation, didn't really pay attention to any of this kind of stuff at all, to to do this for as long as I did, um, I eventually just got to that point where like, okay, I get it. You guys, okay, I, I'm, I'm on board now. Um, that's what my journey's about. And everybody has to, I guess, come to their own level of, of confidence or belief according to their own path, their own journey. So um, I think just staying open, just being able to be open to the possibility um, will, will let you reach your own uh, confidence. Does that answer the question? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not very, um, you know, this is a, just a, a new area for me, too, so I'm not very, uh, I guess, uh, uh, very good at answering a lot of these questions. People ask me questions, and a lot of times I have to say, well, I, I'm not really no, I'm sure. sure. I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think what, one of the things that's important to remember is that there really is only one mind. We are not separate. So... When mind communicates with us, it sometimes feels as if it's coming from inside us, Jim. It's not going to seem as if we're communicating with a separate entity. But nevertheless, to the extent that there is another entity, that's who's talking to us. They're connected with us so directly that it does feel like our mind. And what Maria did then was to pursue that connection to the point where she was able to communicate with them as if they were separate. But they're not. You and I aren't. None of us are separate from each other. I don't know if that helps, but I do think that if you are getting what feels like perhaps communication, I would pursue it if I were you because it probably exactly is communication from your guide. Yeah, I think the key is to, to not dismiss it. You don't have to absolutely accept it right away, but just be open to it and just let it sit with you. I've, I've had things come to me too, and I just um, say, hmm, that's interesting, and I don't, um, you know, a good example is, uh, I think one time I, something popped into my head. It was Carry On, and that was one of Sean's favorite songs, but there was no particular reason why it would pop into my head at that particular time. The song wasn't on, but I what I ended up doing was going and getting the lyrics of it, and then I read it, and I thought, wow, I think this maybe is a message from Sean. Um, it, uh, so... Just things like that, where you just stay open. Don't say, oh, that didn't mean anything. Just explore it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Does, does that help you? Thank you so much for pe- being part of the forum, Stu. Thank you for calling. You bet. Thanks it's for working. Bye-bye, guys. It's going to be time for us now to have a, another break. That was wonderful. I'm so glad Jim called. Um, this is Roberta Grimes, Contact Talk Radio Network, Seek Reality Radio. Um, we're having a lot of fun talking with a woman whose life has been transformed in a way she wouldn't have chosen. Um, but uh, it, to know her, frankly, is to love her. This is an extraordinary journey she's on. We'll be right back. eight, Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light. She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. 
Roberta's book is Cliff Notes to 200 Years of Abundant and Consistent Afterlife Evidence. It will show you why extinction is impossible for you, explain how you can enjoy the death process, and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all. Available on Amazon in Kindle and in print, The Fun of Dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you've ever wondered why you're here, if you wonder whether God is real, if you wonder why life isn't fair or whether there's life after death, Let Roberta Grimes help you learn the joyous truth about your own reality. Roberta has trouble with believing things. She's always wanted to know. So she spent decades studying nearly 200 years of afterlife evidence. In the process, she made some wonderful discoveries about God, reality, and your own eternal nature. The truth is better than your most optimistic hopes. Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Why wonder and worry when at last it's possible to know? Welcome back. I'm Roberta Grimes. This is Seek Reality Radio on the Contact Talk Radio Network. And our guest is Maria Pei, who uh, has had a journey since her sons died to try to, to be able to communicate with them and understand um, where they are now. And I think that the answer that um, she gave to Jim, who was a caller in the previous segment, is, um, is an important one for us to understand because we all feel as if we have an inner life, and then there's an outer life with people in it and entities in it. And so we feel as if if we're contacting an entity, we have to have the sense that entity is separate from us. There is no entity that's separate from your mind. Our minds are all connected. There's one mental energy, and we're all part of it. So very often, it's going to feel as if, until we are really used to the communication, it's going to feel as if, I must be making this up. This, this is coming from my own brain. Um, but, but it often is not. Uh, and the way to tell that it's not is to persist. Now, um, what, what people like Maria do is to continue that c- contact um, and continue to, to allow it to strengthen. And even though you're going to be skeptical as it's happening, it, to put aside the skepticism um, yields wonderful fruit. You don't have any doubt, Maria, right, that you are in contact with your sons and that this is all coming from them? Right, right. And I think the strongest evidence of that is um, in my book and where I record everything that's happened, and there's been just a variety of different experiences I had with them. I, you know, again, from a rational viewpoint, I'm thinking, well, if, if, if I was making it up, um, why wouldn't I just keep having the same experience and things that I want to see happen uh, in my communications? But they, they were all very, very different, and I think that was part of the, the, the my boy showing me something, uh, showing me what you know the the reality is. But if what you're trying to do, um, if you're listening, if you're thinking about whether you could do something like this with your own dead loved ones, the first thing to do is to understand that your enemy is your own skepticism. So, what, uh, and that's something that we have to at least 
suspend. Don't, you know, obviously don't believe anything, but, but suspend it enough to allow your loved ones actually to come through to you. Um, and, and like I so, said earlier, Roberta, not just uh, suspending, but actually thanking and honoring that part of you, that human part of you, that, you know, the intellect, the brain that you need in order, that's part of um, what's required to, to do this process. Now, you, you, you're, um, you're, you, you hear them in your mind now without your having to go through the meditation, what you call the journey. Um, but how does that happen? Do they, their voices pop into your head? Um, sometimes. Not so much hearing in the sense that you and I are hearing each other talk, but just a, a sense of them. I'll ask maybe a question, and I'll have a sense of what they their response would be or what they're conveying to me. Um, for example, there's a, there's a project going on at uh, Sean's high school called Beyond the Crossfire where there's some students, 45 students and two teachers who are embarking on this project to talk about how do you prevent violence um, in our communities. And I had a lot of uh, mixed reactions about whether or not uh, the Imagine Fund, which is the Boys Foundation, would want to support it. And so I just put it out there to them. I said, what do you what do you think? What do you guys think? Is this the right thing? And I just let it come to me, a sense of, uh, over the course of uh, several weeks, of just, yeah, this, this is the right thing. This is something that not only Sean would want, but he's conveying to me that, that this is something that I can support with this fund. Um, and so they help me in that way. You, you can just ask questions, and just you don't you don't want to necessarily expect to you know some voice to come down and say yes you should yes. support this project. It's more yeah. of just a, a sense, and you're and it's combining with your own intuition, your higher self, your your divine essence, and you you have a sense of what is right. A lot of people talk about you know the gut reactions, gut feelings. Well, that's part of that whole process. Um, so it's not so much that I actually have a, a conversation with them the way you and I might think about that. Uh, it's more of a, uh, pulling my, my energies with theirs and having a sense of what is the right thing or what's the answer or what direction should I go. Um, uh, I, I should say that um, first we should talk about what your website is. Um, anyone who is interested in learning more and reading Maria's book, which is posted there, um, what is your website? How would they find it? Uh, it's Sean and Kyle ImagineFund.com. It's all together, and Sean is spelled S E A N. Sean and Kyle ImagineFund.com. And it's, it's, it's the foundation for, for the boys. They're, like you said, my book is also posted there, it's free. You can download a Kindle version. You can download a PDF. Um, and on your advice, Roberta, I am working to perhaps put something on Amazon. So if somebody wanted an actual hard copy, they could get it. That's uh, great. I'm at yeah. cost. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to profit from this. This is something that um, I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to share this information and this experience with people. Um, and the message that you, you can do this. Anybody can do this. I think that that's probably the most significant thing of all. I, mean, I hear from a lot of people who are grieving and in tremendous pain, and often the the only barrier they're 
their loved ones are desperate to talk to them, and the only barrier there is really is their own doubt. Um, I, some of them, I think, would not believe it that their loved ones had survived unless they saw them, you know, parade down the street in front of a marching band. It's, it's, uh, it's a subtle internal relationship we have with the dead, but it's nonetheless as real and in some ways more real and more intimate than any relationship we had with them when they were uh, on the physical plane. Well, certainly one of the things, yeah, they did tell me at one point is that they're they're closer to me now than they were when they were in physical form. Yes, and and that's what the dead often tell us, and they enjoy that experience as much as we do. Maria is going to be one of the presenters uh, at a conference um, in July, the the 10th to the 13th of July. The Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies is having its 39th convention. This is uh, a group of people who have been, for, for the past 40 years, um, trying to understand what we are only now really beginning to understand in detail. So my hat goes off to them. But the, the conference this year um, is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. And we're going to, over the next um, probably couple of months uh, on Seek Reality, be, be featuring people who are going to be presenters at that conference. The numbers of ways nowadays that the dead are communicating with us are astonishing. They range from subtle to, uh, you know, hammer blow profound. They, they are, are of all kinds. And so anyone with any interest in communicating with the dead really should think about trying to go to Scottsdale in July, a warm place, um, uh, July 10th to the 13th. The, the website is ASCSI.org. ASCSI.org. Uh, and you can register there for free. Um, there's going to be a drawing for, I think, several free admissions to that conference. It's not going to be tremendously expensive anyway, but um, uh, people like Maria will, will be there explaining and showing what they've, what they've done and, and the results of their work, and um, you can talk to them one-on-one. I think that's part of the, 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 the fun of being able to go to a conference like presenters are not just people who wrote a book just up on a stage, but they'll have dinner with you and, and uh you can talk very intimately with them, and I, I love I love doing these conferences. I've been a presenter at a number of them over the past few years, and I've just loved it. So um, it's going to be fun. That's how I met Maria, by the way, and it's going to be fun uh, to be presenting with her together uh, next July. Um, so, Maria, again, please give your website, and then tell us, you know, a few a few thoughts that you might want to close with for people who are trying to see how they might communicate with their loved ones. Happy to do that, Roberta. Again, the website. Uh, is Sean and Kyle ImagineFun.com. Um, the book is available there for free. Um, I'm just happy to share it with anybody that it can help. Um, one of the other things, Roberta, that I did want to mention about um, you know the, the the skeptic in me. Part of my experience, and if if you know you read the book, you, you know that I was also not just journeying to see my sons and be with my sons and have experience with them. But I was here, you know, in human form, my intellectual side, wanted to understand and get some proof. So I did um, have experiences with mediums, too. I needed objective validation. I remember having these discussions with my sons, too, about, you know, I would ask them, what do you think about this medium? And they would say, Mom, you can already communicate to us. You know, you don't need to have a medium. And I said... But you know, guys, you know, I'm still human. I need objective validation. You know it helps my intellectual body 
to be able to understand that. And they said, oh, yeah, okay, right, we understand, Mom, but, you know, we like Tim Braun. That's who I ended up uh, using. But he, they helped me pick him, and I was able to get some the objective validation that I needed. Things would come through some of these mediums that there's no way they could have known some of the details about not just the boys, but about my experience of how we talk. So yes. uh, that is all a part of of the journey. Just go out and explore. There's so much information out there. There's just a wealth of knowledge that people are like, like you, Roberta, are sharing with others so that we, we can all learn and grow and evolve and uh, learn to do what we're supposed to do down here, which is to increase our capacity to love each other. Um, that's what it all yes. comes down to. It's, it's refreshing to hear scientists talk about that. And that's one of the things yeah. I I got out of that conference where we met. So I just yes. encourage people to, to be open and to just explore and be curious. Now go out, enjoy, make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.